Mary Steen, and you are listening to Side Grace, a place and a space that was created for all things mental health, all discussions and conversations surrounded around mental health. We also approach mental health with a side of grace, aka why I called it Side Grace. I share intimate stories about the things that I'm going through in my growth journey throughout this year and years prior in hopes that it increases insight for you on your own mental health. So thank you for joining me today here in this safe space and I hope you approach everything with a side of grace. We are going to start the podcast right now. This week on Side Grace, we are talking about why people can't read your minds. And it's important that we develop and hone in on our communication skills. So you're probably thinking like, yeah, Leah, I know people can't read my mind, right? Like people don't know what I need all the time, so on and so forth. But here's why I decided to make this podcast episode this week. I decided to make this podcast episode because I just remember being in certain relationships where I just thought like, why does this person not know what I want or what I need? Like, it should be simple. It should be simplistic. They should understand that like, I need this or I need that. And I thought that that was something that you can just read on a person's face. Okay. I didn't think what was happening for me was that I was thinking through the lens of my own and my own perspective and how I deal with everyone around me. I like to think that I'm pretty good at kind of reading the room and reading people's like facial expressions, body language, and I can kind of get a grasp of like where that person is mentally, physically, whatever the case may be, and what they might need and asking them and kind of just checking in with them. So that's something that I've really am proud of myself in developing, I think my whole life, I've always just had that skill that's just evolved over time. So in my head, I'm just thinking, yo, this is common sense. Why isn't this person just getting that? Like, I just want them to check in on me. I just want them to ask me, or I want them to understand that I can't take on any more workload than I already have. Like, what is this person not getting? And I think that happens to a lot more people than we realize. And that is why I liked the question that I asked this week for my question of the week, because even though I don't think people, a lot of people took like that extra step to think about it, I can, a lot of times we do really engage in that type of thinking without acknowledging or being aware that we are engaging in that, right? And so I often saw that happening and like romantic relationships and family relationships like that was that was the two major components of my life where I just expected people to know who I was and knew what I needed but boy was I proven wrong I was very much proven wrong so that is why I thought it was really important to have this conversation this week now like I mentioned before we talked about question of the week And, you know, I like to do this as much as I can just to get the input of everyone else. And I knew it was going to be a little bit of a tricky question to ask because I don't think it's something that we often think about. 
So some of the questions that I asked this week for my Instagram individuals who are on Instagram, if you are not, please follow me on side underscore grace on Instagram. But the question that I decided to ask this week was, which communication style do you feel like you have? Now, I understand not everyone's really aware of their own individual communication styles, right? So I had many people, I had five people say that they had passive. I had three individuals who said they had aggressive. And I had about 15 individuals who said they had assertive communication styles, which I think is really, really helpful to understand like where you are with your communication styles. And why I brought that up this week is because, yes, people can't always read your mind. Of course, they can intuitively and kind of just some individuals can really just understand body language, facial language, um, just many different things and kind of get an understanding. But not everyone can do that. And that's when communication comes in. That's when communicating what we need, you know, what works for us that what doesn't work for us, that's when that starts to come in and we need to utilize those things. So that's why I asked that communication question. So the next question that I asked was, do you expect people to understand your needs or wants without communicating it? And I really liked the overall consensus of this one. 98% said, no, I don't expect people to, you know, read my mind. And 2% said, yeah, you know, I do expect people to understand what I need, you know, without communicating them or without communicating it all the time. So reason why I also put that in there is even though there are a lot of people understand that their communication is key, I want to highlight that there are, you know, there are individuals who feel like, yeah, you should know what I need without communicating it all the time. And I don't get me wrong personally for myself. Sometimes it is exhausting to always have to express what I need all the time. You know, I just wish sometimes, especially like some individuals has understood what I needed without me having to really explain it all the time. But I do know it's the healthiest way for me to express myself. And if someone's not going to respect what I need or, you know, how they can help at that time or whatever the case may be, then I know what I have to do moving forward with, with that individual. So like I was saying, we got through the question of the week. We got through why I chose this episode, right? And we talked a little bit about my own personal experience with this. But to dive a little bit more deeper into my own personal experience, I'm going to use two examples of why, you know, I've really discovered that I even myself engage in these thought patterns of like, yeah, like people should really understand, like there should be certain people who just get it, right? Like you should just understand what I need, what I want at this time without me constantly having to express it. So if I were to go back and think about two situations, and I also challenge all of you listening today to please just think about it a little bit more, you know, think about maybe a time or a person or a situation where you felt like you just, you wish that person just knew without you having to say it, or you felt like someone should have understood where you were coming from without you having to necessarily communicate it or tell them what to do or ask them, right? You just wish that person just got it without this whole, you know, 
process of telling them what to do or asking them or communicating it in a healthy way. So think about that while I'm going into my own personal experience and my own little journey and insight of, you know, my own process with this. So when I, two different realms for me is family and relationship, right? So when I was, you know, in a relationship, especially like past ones, I've noticed that I felt like I constantly, like someone should know exactly what I needed. I knew what I needed, right? So for example, let's say, you know, I was really going through a really tough time and I would call a significant other and I was just like, you know, I really just need like your support, whatever the case may be. I might even not ask that. I would just call maybe vent about the situation or you can clearly just see that I'm upset. So for me, when I would be in those moments of vulnerability and expressing like this emotion that I'm going through over like, let's say FaceTime and the individual like might not know what to do. They might kind of just sit there and listen. And the biggest thing for me is I hate, not hate, hate's a very strong word, but it's really hard for me to sit in silence with someone else when I'm being vulnerable in a situation. And I guess, again, that's me taking my perspective. Like I'm only viewing it from my own perspective and knowing that I, there's a lot of times that I know what to say next, but not everyone has that understanding of what to say next to someone who's going through what I was going through. So I would sit there and we would sit there in silence and I would, I could sit there for the longest time and, you know, I'm going through the emotion and then I realize that this person's not really saying anything, but they're, you know, they're there with me. And to that person, they thought that sitting there with me in the moment was showing support, right? So saying, you know, I love you, like the words of affirmation, that was their way of showing support for me. But here I am on my end and I'm sitting there and I'm not only now am I really going through the emotions that I was originally going through, I would notice now that I, a lot of anger was arising within me. So I was just getting angry. I was like, why is this person letting me sit in silence? Like, are you kidding me? You have nothing to say. You can't comfort me. You can't whatever the case may be, you're just going to sit there and we're just going to sit in silence. Like I could have done this by myself. And that was literally, that was my thought process. Okay. So I sat there and I I would just be fuming and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go. And the person would be like, but why? And I'd be like, what do you mean? Why? Right. And this was happening a lot, like routinely. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, why is this person not understanding? Like, I just need this or that. Or like, let's say we were in person and the same thing happened. Like, I'm like, why can't this person just figure it out? Like, maybe I just want to hug. Or like, why can't they just try to talk me through the situation? Why can't they just understand what I need without me saying it? Right? So I just grew so upset in these situations. And finally, one day I broke the silence. And I was like, you know what? I was like, you, I was like, you make me feel a lot more lonelier. I feel more lonely when you let me sit in silence. If we're together or if we're on the phone, um, and you just make me feel lonely when you do that. 
when you just sit there in silence and that person then realized they were like, oh my gosh, like that's not what I meant to do. I thought sitting with you while you're going through your emotion was something that you would want. And that's me showing support. It wasn't me trying to be like just not knowing what to say. And, And part of it was not knowing what to say. And another part of it was, you know, I'm just, I'm going to sit there with you, right? I'm going to sit there with you while you ride this out. But that's not what I needed. And it happened multiple times and to the point where I had to say something. And when I said something, and again, change doesn't happen over time. There was a couple learning curves where I had to say it maybe three times, four. Once we got to that point, now I was getting what I needed, But I didn't realize that like, oh, like maybe I should communicate that because not everyone knows what I need, right? Like people know that when I'm angry, like all my friends, family, relationship, relationship partners, like they all know that when I am angry, you know, don't speak. Like I really shouldn't speak to Aaliyah right now. I, she's really just because I like to take a step away from the situation and I don't really like to speak to anyone until I can process it myself. So again, that person and my significant other, you know, at that time really thought to themselves like, okay, well, I know when she's upset, like I, I shouldn't say anything. Right. And I, for me, it was the challenge of like, no, it's not the same as when I'm mad or upset. This is just me like sad going through like a really hard emotion right now. And I don't need to sit in silence. Like I just need like a hug. I need, I I want you to ask for a hug. I want you to, you know, just process this with me at this time. So that's, that's the first case, right? So the second realm that I oftentimes notice this in is with family, right? For me, at least. So when I'm with family members and specifically, let's just say my parents, I, okay. So growing up, we've, if you've listened to past episodes, you kind of get a gist of a little bit of my family um, dynamic. So for me, I've always been really good at communicating what I need with my parents, right? But at a time in a period of my life, I kind of just stopped expecting whatever from them. So around the time of last year and really feeling and going through like anxiety and I still have anxiety, but I've always had anxiety, but last year was just exacerbated and going through that, I learned, right? So my parents often thought like, you know, old school, okay, I'm going to say it now, you know, just be happy. You have nothing to worry about. Uh, it's fine. It's just all in your head. Oh, just, just breathe and go, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. Mind you, saying this to me while I'm going through an anxiety attack, when I'm going through a panic attack does not help. Okay. So while me doing that, I, you know, I, in my parents, I would go to my parents and they would kind of just come back with that reply in my head, I remember just having this instant battle of like, why can't they just understand me? Why can't they just get it? This is what I need. Like, I don't need them to lecture me. And then even with my mom, you know, I always, and I still struggle with this till this day, but 
you know, when things would really upset me about like, let's say my brother or just anything that I was really feeling, I always felt like she turned it back on her. And I just remember being so upset, like, oh my gosh, like, why does it always have to be about you? Right. And that was always just internal stuff that was going on in my head. So finally, working with a therapist, I learned, you know, communicating and setting boundaries. That was my, I think one of my biggest lessons last year. So while I started going and experiencing my anxiety or trying to get support from my parents, right? So with my dad, now where I am today, right? So again, I'm always, I was expecting him to understand what I need at that time if I was feeling anxious. Now me and my dad have gotten to a point because I had to have a lot of communication and sit down communications with my dad. Like when I'm feeling anxious, I do not need you to tell me these things. This is what I actually need from you at this time. So now we've gotten to a place where he really can do that pretty well. You know, he does have his slip ups. We're human. We're going to, we can't be perfect, but he's doing pretty well now where he is just like, okay, I, I can text him. I can say, I'm feeling anxious. He'll come to my room. He'll call me wherever I am. And we will just talk through what's going on for me. And he's just giving me reminders about, you know what, has this happened before? And we would walk through the other times he goes, okay, so is this anxiety, right? Because for me, sometimes my anxiety, I think it's like I'm in danger. So we walk through the path of like, this has happened before and I've made it out okay. So this should tell me that this is anxiety and I will be okay too. So he's done really well at that. And I tearing up thinking about it because I'm just really happy um, and I'm really proud of him. And I don't think I tell him enough. So after this, I'm going to really tell him. So that's my dad. For my mom, that's still a work in progress. But now every time that I talk to her about something that I'm experiencing and I feel like she is turning it around on her and I'm not getting like she's not. And I feel like she's just not understanding what I need. I will communicate to her, mom. I said, listen, I did not come to you to just talk about you right now. I need support. Now, does that go well every time? No, but at least I'm practicing that assertive communication. I'm practicing that communication with her, right? So instead of her reading my mind, right, she has the opportunity to understand what I need. So does my dad. And so does that person that I, you know, in past relationships, they would understand too. So that's what I think I'm trying to get at here. It's important that we practice good communication styles, you know, understanding our own communication style and then developing a healthy one and then communicating it to those that we have relationships with. So now that I just shared my own personal story with all of you, we're going to move into our subsections. So the first thing I really want to talk about is, you know, communication styles. We have right now, there are different you know, platforms and different information out there. But what I have known of and what I do know, and again, just a reminder, I'm not a professional yet. So please absolutely um, contact your PCP or a mental health uh, professional as well who is licensed so that you can get any additional help or anything that you're really struggling with. I am in school 
for my clinical mental health counseling degree. So that's just a reminder to everyone who listens to my podcast as well. These are all just suggestions and, you know, they might work for you and they might not work for you, but I think that's the magic in all of this. So now that we kind of got that up cleared, we're going to talk about the different communication styles. So there are four different ones that I have learned and have been taught. There is passive. So the passive communication style is an individual who is a little bit more, you'll see them a little bit more people pleasing, right? So you see a little bit more people pleasing behaviors. You see a little bit more like, you know, they really kind of maybe want to avoid situations that are happening. They don't really enjoy conflict. Um, They're just kind of taking the backseat to things. They're a little bit more readily available to say yes to things, you know, they are not really able to communicate no in a healthy manner or even communicate their own needs to anyone else. So again, that's why you have that people pleasing behavior coming into play. Then you have your passive aggressive. So you have your passive aggressive and then you have your aggressive. So let's talk about the aggressive first because then it can make passive aggressive communication style a little bit more easier to understand. So with your, with your aggressive, this is a little bit more rigid, right? Maybe you're constantly saying no. Maybe there are multiple conflicts that you're engaging in. Maybe things that you're trying to communicate with others. Maybe oftentimes you find yourself like in a screaming match or in a battle or, you know, there's not really a lot of resolution being done with an aggressive communication style. Maybe you see people kind of, separating themselves from you or maybe they're just not communicating a lot with you because they are afraid of the way that you might respond in a situation right so it's a little bit more rigid a little bit more no so it's a little it's more different from that passive right so aggressive you might be more equipped to protect yourself right so protect who you are Uh, protect your identity, protect anything that you feel like might be in danger and you're quickly ready to react with that aggressive or that aggressive type of response and communication. So again, that makes it a lot, it makes it really difficult to communicate because if you're going to an individual and you're trying to communicate with them your needs, oftentimes when we are in a conflict where there's like maybe the tone's a little bit higher or it's a little bit more... Mm, a little bit more like maybe yelling or back and forth and people are talking over each other, things aren't effectively resolved or really communicated at all during that time. People are more now upset about the emotions that are coming up. They're more upset about the way that they're being treated or the way they're being talked to instead of the actual message that is trying to come through in that communication, right? And in a passive, like I said before, not really enjoying conflict might take a step back from that and maybe not even initiate communications when it comes to passive. So now we have, we talked about passive, we talked about aggressive. Now let's talk about the passive aggressive communication style. So if you were to like marry the two, your passive aggressive is those who might not always say something They might not always communicate it with words or maybe they will, but there seems to be kind of this underlying jab when they say something. So like, for example, I don't even, hmm, 
you you've kind of probably dealt with a passive aggressive individual so they'll be like yeah no that's fine just go ahead let's say your partner wants to make food and they didn't ask you to if you wanted food so that individual will be like no it's fine go ahead eat your food don't think about me that's okay no 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 so you have that like you have that tone of niceness there, right? You have a little bit nice, but there's this aggressive message coming through. Or you might have, um, the one example that I had used before someone had presented to me was, you know, an individual who kind of was just like, oh, um, you know, if you're going to see other guys, like, just don't even worry about it. I'm good. Uh, don't worry. That's fine. Like, it's good. It's good. You're fine. You know, I'm just going to do me. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So you have little things like that. So you can typically tell when an individual has like this, if they say something and it has like a nice tone, but it seems a little like, oh, what do they really mean? If you really have to question what that individual is saying when it comes to passive aggressiveness, then you can typically narrow it down to like, oh, that person's being passive aggressive towards me. And the reason why passive aggressive is not really that effective when it comes to communicating our needs and our wants is because, again, we're now spending a lot of energy and time trying to figure out what is that person trying to actually say? You know, what does that even mean? And sometimes like that person still might avoid conflicts, but they'll, you know, They'll have that little undersay that has a little aggressive tone to it. So passive aggressive. So we went through passive. We went through aggressive. We went through passive aggressive. Now we are going to talk about the healthy assertive communication style. So this is where we want to be. This is where we aim to be. So with the assertiveness, this is individuals who can say no in a healthy manner, right? It's not rigid. It's not super no, 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 like all the time. You know, there's a healthy balance between the yeses and the noes. There's this healthy balance of being able to communicate their needs. Maybe they're using I statements, but communicating their needs in a tone that is deliverable. It's not too high where you feel like someone's going to argue with you. And it's not like, oh no, like it's not people pleasing tone either. It's assertive. It's looking you in the eyes. It's sitting you down and asking you, you know, can we talk? Can we have a a conversation about that? You know, it's really that person's respecting you, but also respecting themselves. So an individual with assertive communication style is able to communicate what they need and they're aware. So they develop a sense of awareness of their needs, their wants, you know, their boundaries, and then learning how to communicate that to others and knowing when to step away when a conversation has gotten too heated or they feel like they're not really being respected at that time. So that's your four. So again, you have your passive, you have your aggressive. You have your passive aggressive, and then you also have your assertiveness, which is where you typically want to be, okay? You want to be in that assertive communication style. Now, these styles can be kind of interchangeable depending on who you talk to, your relationships with other people. You know, you might find yourself not always having a passive 
communication style with everyone, right? You might find that, okay, maybe I'm passive when it comes to my mom and passive aggressive maybe. And maybe I'm really assertive when it comes to friendships, when it comes to work life. So they can be interchangeable. You don't always have the same communication style for every different sector of your life. It's definitely different. It waxes and wanes. One day it might be different in one group and it might be the same all the time. But what you really want to develop is trying to practicing that assertiveness communication with every different avenue in your life. And that takes a little bit more practice and takes a little bit more time. But with practice, it does get a little bit easier. So now that we talked about the four different communication styles, we're moving into how do we incorporate it now into our relationships? You know, how do we use them to advocate for ourselves and our needs? So with assertiveness, again, now I'm going to hone in on assertive communication styles because that's where we really want to be. So when we are wanting to advocate for ourselves and our needs, the first thing I think that um, everyone should do is really look into what are your values? You know, what do you need? What do you want? What are your boundaries? And you can't, I always believe that in order to set up boundaries and communication style, you really need to understand what are your values? What are your needs? You know, you need to understand those things. You need to understand those fundamental things for yourself that you're able to understand, okay, this is my boundary and this is what I need now to communicate. Because if you don't really know those things, it makes it really difficult. And that's where you can see yourself really maybe in that passive or you might see yourself not aggressive or maybe passive aggressive. So really just sitting down and understanding what are the things that I need? What are the things that I value? And making a list for yourself can be really useful. So I challenge all of you to kind of sit down and maybe write 10 things that you value, 10 things that you need, right? So one of the things that we work on with individuals and group is really identifying what do you need? So, or what are your must-haves or what are your, you know, how should you be treated? So really asking those questions for yourself and writing those down. So typically we challenge them to come up with three for each category. So your must-haves and individuals might say, you know, I as an individual must have respect from other people, must have individuals, you know, ask me. Um, to come over like it can be stuff like that it just really depends on what you need and I've heard a lot of different ones throughout my time in group so again understand your values what you need what you want getting to understand you as an individual so now that we kind of talked about that now we're going to move in okay well how do I now put that into action so one of the first things I always like to say is with assertiveness communication, a really great way to start practicing that is to start using I statements. So when you are trying to communicate how you feel or what you need, I think it's really important to insert that I statement because now this is really talking about you. But also remember that when you are going to communicate with someone, you really want to check in with yourself. You want to make sure that you have a wise mind. Right. You want to make sure that you are able to communicate and problem solve without it getting heightened, emotions getting really heightened or upset or, 
you want to make sure that you're going in there and you're able to problem solve and communicate effectively without any underlying emotions really bringing up some things for you during that time, right? So if you're going to go into a conversation with someone or express your needs or wants, and let's say you're already upset, I always say, take a few minutes, okay? Do something else or take a step back if you can. Sometimes I don't always recommend this, but if you find that you're really highly emotional, you're really upset, take a few minutes, take a few breaths and calm the emotion if you can, okay? Come into perspective that, okay, you know, I always come in and I always think, okay, maybe this person doesn't understand what I need at this time. Okay, maybe I need to communicate that. And I can't expect people to be me because I like I can't expect myself and other people. So I try to really have that inner talk with myself to calm down the mind and not go to worst case scenario of like, oh my God, this person does not understand me. They don't get me. I don't get it. So I try to have that internal dialogue to help calm the mind and come back in with a wise mind so I'm able to communicate effectively my needs. Because if I don't, I really might end up in an argument and that's not effective. And now there's a whole bunch of new emotions, new things that now have arise that made the situation a little bit more worse. So when you are ready to communicate with someone, try to remember, am, do I have a wise mind? You know, am I able to problem solve at this time? If you are not, again, take that step back or try to do something else and come back later on when you are able to think about it. Uh, think about the situation or even disconnect from it, think about it later, and then you're able to communicate and understand what you need or what the needs that you are asking of this person or wants. So again, take a step back if you need to. So once you're able to do that and you're under, you're able to understand, okay, you know, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is how I've been feeling. Then you want to insert those I statements because I statements are so powerful because they are showing ownership for that feeling and something that's going on. So for example, let's say you got into an argument with someone. When someone, now if I'm communicating with this person, I'll take a step away and come back to the situation. I said, you know, I feel really upset or I felt really upset when you said so on so forth in this conversation. It really hurt my feelings because I do love you and I do care for you. And so can we talk about that, right? So using those I statements and you wanna make sure when you're going in, once you're using those I statements, you wanna go in with a, a, make sure your tone is deliverable, okay? So you don't wanna be, like I said before, yelling, You don't want to be being passive, but you also want to be able to make those eye contacts uh, with that individual or, you know, I don't suggest doing it over the text message, but if you're able to do it through FaceTime too, make sure the area is quiet, you know, make sure that you guys have attention on each other and it's not a thousand things going on at once. So again, be wise of what's, what is going on in the environment. Is this a good time to talk about it? Um, And also expressing that, you know, this is important. We should make time for this. So let's schedule a time. So those are a few tips that I like to share with people overall with just communicating and communication styles and using an assertive communication. So 
also, I kind of did a little bit more additional research and I found this article that I thought was really, really great. And it's called Communication and Relationships and No One Can Read Your Mind. So the first tip that they kind of give is to talk or better yet, ask. So they say, you know, this seems like a no brainer, but if communication and relationship is poor because you don't want to talk with each other, you have to get the wheels turning again before the tips um, here will work. So ask, ask them, you know, what do they think, you know, really made you upset or, you know, ask them, you know, do you want to have a conversation about this? Talk about it, right? So sit down with that individual that you might be really frustrated with because they're not understanding you and ask them, you know, you know, how is it going? How do you ask them about something you've known they've been wrestling with or working on? You know, ask more personal and thoughtful, thoughtful questions um, and really just sit there and just have that communication, you know, have that free flowing but thoughtful communication with each other. So another tip that they give is that when you are having a communication with someone, seek to understand. So oftentimes I know I, for personally me, in the past, I can get really defensive, right? So even if someone were explaining something, I'm just like, I don't care. This is how you made me feel, right? But now I've gotten to a point where I also have to understand, and it doesn't mean I excuse the behavior, but by me understanding, I remove a little bit more of, I remove a little bit more of that emotion or emotions away from myself. And once I understand the situation, so I don't, I don't want to kind of point fingers at them. I don't want to yell at them. I want to actually sit there and understand your point of view and where you're coming from, and why you are not really getting what I need, or, you know, things that I'm asking you to do, whatever the case may be, I want to understand, and I want you to understand, right? And I want to ask you to understand. I want us to sit here, and I want it to be open-minded conversation. I want you to be able to take in what I'm saying, and understand how that feels for me, and I also want to do the same for you, because I always think that you mirror the behaviors that you want or you mirror the things that you want. So if you're able to display those things, there's a lot of times and you keep doing it repetitively, you can get that back to like a mirror. So then another tip is to be clear and honest with what you need. So like I said, establishing what your values and the things that you really need in a relationship or need between that relationship of whoever that may be, but just being clear and honest, right? But in a respectful way. So again, you want to be having a calm conversation with this individual and you want to be able to be honest with them, right? You want to be able to develop that healthy truth with someone without, and it might hurt, right? But with assertiveness and boundaries, We can't quite worry and stick on how will that person feel, right? And you oftentimes see that with passive um, individuals where they oftentimes are worried about how a person might feel over their own feelings. So when it comes to assertiveness, we want to get to a place where we understand that people are going to have their feelings, right? People are going to have their feelings. They're going to have their thoughts, whatever the case may be, and they're going to react however they're going to react to what I say. But that's not mine to hold on to, 
right? Because I can only control how I feel in a situation. I can only control my thoughts, my emotions, how I feel, and how I'm going to respond. I can't control how the other person's going to react. So that's really, really important to remember. So again, just being clear and honest with them, having that conversation. It might be hurtful. It might not be the best conversation, but at least that's getting out in the open and it's being talked about. So I think that's one of the beautiful magic things with communication and communicating with others. And another tip that I just have overall is, you know, if you do communicate with someone and you feel like you've expressed what you need multiple times and you follow these tips and things aren't just really progressing or, you know, you still feel depleted and things, you know, maybe you feel like, oh, how do they not? I've said this multiple times. How are they not getting it? If that's happening, then there might be, that might have to be an opportunity where you talk about something else now. Like there's another elephant in the room that needs to be talked about. And there's another discussion that needs to be had about more than just the needs that you needed met that they're not meeting. Now it's just overall, whatever that relationship is, may that be a significant other, a family member, a friend, whatever the case may be. And like I said before, in past episodes, the chosen family one specifically, we get to choose people in our lives who respect us, respect what we need, listen to us, uh, validate us and love us for who we are and we can do the same for other people so there are people in your lives who are just not um, meeting your needs boundaries whatever the case may be and you've communicated that with them multiple times again there might be a conversation that you need to have with yourself and with them um, about this relationship overall so on that note I hope this podcast episode enlightened you and made you think of some different things this week. I had a lot of fun making it um, and I'm just really happy that I get to do do this. It makes me smile while I'm recording. I don't know. The fact that I just get to talk with myself is great because if you don't know me, I'm a little bit of an introvert, but somehow an extrovert, it's really confusing, but I do love my own company and I love that I get to talk to myself. It just produces all this energy in me that just makes me really happy so now I'm done with my rant thank you so much for coming this week if you are a returning listener thank you I'm so grateful for you for coming back and if you are a new listener thank you again I'm so grateful that you are here and you're listening and I hope that you take a look at all the other previous episodes and listen to those as well For all those who are listening, please leave a review, a like, uh, set your reminders for next week and share this with a friend or a family member who you think this can really help. On that note, everyone, thank you so much again. I can't wait for you to hear the next podcast episode next week.